Welcome to Dreaming Back to the Earth. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and this is a podcast dedicated to exploring the concept that our dreams and their wisdom are a path to our soul-rooted relationship to self and earth. Normally, I would do this podcast with my co-host, Katrina Dreamer, but today I am going to go solo, and I have a topic that I have been thinking about and um, reading about and researching for a long time. And I wanted to talk about it in relationship to the dream. And so to start, I will tell you a dream. I am standing on the edge of a large lake and in the distance, I see men capturing a black bear and placing her in a cage, locked in a bed on a truck. And this is a bear cub. I look around and I notice a mother bear running, trying to escape, but eventually falling to the ground. Around me, other baby animals are being captured as I stand watching, paralyzed, uncertain what to do. I ask myself, what, what do I do? And yet I do nothing. I stand paralyzed, feeling guilty, and a sense of sadness and grief overwhelms me. As I mentioned in recent years, I've been reading a lot about this notion of the end of the world. And in a lot of articles, there seems to be a conversation that's related to the idea that the planet is in the sixth extinction process. Um, an extinction process involves a period of geological time when there is a high percentage of biodiversity or distinct species such as plants, mammals, birds, etc., that die out. Um, this planet, the planet Earth, has already experienced five extinction events. And some scientists and ecologists believe that we are in the midst of a sixth event based on the environmental and climate change that we are now experiencing and the extinction that is happening of thousands of species um, related to animals and plants and so forth. You know, how are these changes occurring? Because in the past, they've occurred due to environmental or um, universe-related events, such as a meteor um, or a change in climate and so forth. But what people are really talking about is whether we're in the middle of an extinction process or not, the land is being changed in, in ways that can't be reversed. And why is that happening? Why are so many species dying? Why is the land being altered in ways? Why is the climate in some areas growing hotter and in other areas um, growing colder? Well, a lot of climate scientists and ecologists and environmentalists are saying that this, these changes are being affected and driven by human activity. 
in a way that they are utilizing the land and our waters and our energy in unsustainable ways. Like we're using it in ways that we can't come back from. We're putting chemicals in the land and in the air around us that will take phenomenal technological approaches to be able to change. And are we willing to do that? And, and, and these human activities are impacting our environment in a way that is slowly altering the face of the Earth's landscape while accelerating the tipping point that will require our immediate attention, if not only to address our own survival. Like when extinction events happened in the past, and I'm not a scientist of this, but sometimes extinction events happened more quickly. Like if a meteor hit the ground, I mean, of course it like devastated the land and changed things. But what we're doing, what the human experience is, is impacting is something on a slow level. Um, and what's real, what for me is really hard to imagine and to speak to is unfortunately that those peoples and animals and so forth that are feeling the direct impact of these changes are communities such as our indigenous communities, our tribal communities. And these are the folks that aren't even a part of what's causing these issues of overuse. Um, and so the communities that are, the humans that are overusing are not necessarily seeing in a, in a way that they wanna change the results of their interaction with the environment. Um, and, and there is a lot of psychological hypothesis that guides this understanding that we're overusing the land. Um, and we're overusing it in a way because we're constantly wanting to achieve and to gain and have abundance. We're afraid of not having enough and what caused that, there are a lot of theories, but but that's the fact of it. And so we're, we're driven by this consu consumer like philosophy of abundance and power as a valued priority at the expense of everything around us. And so if, the, and we're almost on a collision course with our own human existence. It's like we're suicidal in a way. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, the addiction that we experience and the desire to have outweighs for some, for a large majority, what needs to happen in order to re to change our direction and reverse what's happening. You know, could we be disassociating? Could we be experiencing a numbness that's formed from that addiction that keeps us from realizing what we're doing? I mean, it's this lack of association and relationship with everything around us 
and even with nature and even with what's inside of us that nurtures the separation that we feel from the earth, from our own internal spirit, um, and from our and and a separation from the knowing that something is going on. You know, so we end up feeding that addiction. You know, will it take the loss of our communities on a phenomenal level to get us to change? You know, the you know we're seeing the loss of of species and we're seeing the loss of land, but we're not changing. It hasn't affected many of us directly. And are we willing to change our behaviors, which require that we give up that desire to have, to want, to own? And will the cycle, if our willingness is not there, kill us? You know, I've often wondered, is there something else that keeps us from change, especially now in the face of, of, of what is happening on the earth around environmental trauma, people experiencing the, the effects of the change, you know, like recently tornadoes, like are blowing away villages. Um, and communities. And this is a topic that I want to um, speak about in another podcast, but it, I want to acknowledge that that trauma is there as a result of our overuse, I believe. Um, some would say otherwise, that that's not true. Um, you know, and could there could there be a depth of grief that occurs? Um, and that's the reason why we're unwilling to tap into that place um, that will get us to change how we do business with the environment. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's an interesting question. When I I feel for those of us that are aware of environmental changes, um, when I think about what's happening to the animals and and the land, I do feel a, a weight of grief that can sometimes be overwhelming. Um, and I think, you know, like to bring the, the dream in, here's the dream, you know, I'm standing there paralyzed, not able to react. And, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by looking at that dream from the perspective of the earth and the perspective from my own internal sense of being. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing this terrible event occurring and I'm unable to respond to it. And it, it includes baby animals. You know, how does that relate? You know, the youth um, of our planet's species, and also the fact that the mother, the mother bear, usually is one that will attack and, and fight forever. And yet in this dream, the mother bear 
doesn't. She's trying to escape. And I wonder what that's about. And that she's so exhausted. You know, I wonder if she's so exhausted from trying to take care of her baby, trying to keep it safe. And so there's so many different elements to this dream, you know, and like, how does my own sense of guilt and powerlessness around how I engage the earth um, relate to this dream? At the same time, how does it relate to my inner soul, my inner spirit? And am I paralyzed in my own being around my own life? and how I engage my own sense of self. So I, I feel like there's there's a dual way of looking at this dream. Um, you know, I see this trauma and I want to fix it, and yet I don't. Um, what am I afraid of giving up? What am I afraid of engaging? Um, and so... I really do feel like the dream can assist us in creating the space and the the story of both our connection on a universal level to the land and to the self. And it can create a opportunity to tap into our own sense of powerlessness and grief and our desire for kinship at the same time, because if we didn't want kinship, we wouldn't. I wouldn't feel the grief and the powerlessness. Um, you know, so how can we access that healing? We work with the dream. You know, awakening that foothold to understanding not only my own trance state of not responding, but the enormous impact and tax tasks that lie ahead for me my dream is is a voice to my own process of engaging the landscape around me by opening to the story within they offer me a story and its feelings about my relationship to my inner and outer self and my dreams in this one particular give voice to the earth to the universal energies of that unconscious realm another dream that's related to this is I am a government agent and I've just received a call from a scientist letting me know that the earth's food supplies have been tainted with a virus. And what am I going to do? I didn't keep, you know, the earth's supplies safe in the dream. And now I know that they've been tainted. You know, how do I feel about that? Where is the grief? Where is the, you know, what is the, what is it within me that has been tainted? Um, my own supplies within myself and my relationship to food in the world and around me. How do I feel into my own healing and my own ability to connect with food? And how do I see that, you know, in terms of my communities and the world around me? You know, these type of dreams come to me, have come to me a lot in my life. And when I follow the story, the dream and step into its associations and feelings, I tap into a breath of sensations that guide me to insights regarding the numbness of the witnessing 
and the experiencing of the trauma on a personal and a, a universal level. I become aware of what has kept me from wholeness and how I've lost my voice, how my nourishment was tainted on a physical and emotional, environmental and a spiritual level, how I have been kept from the nourishment of the land and how the land is losing its ability to be and give nourishment. And in receiving this insight and working with the dream and the wisdom that I can have the opportunity to heal by experiencing my own grief and sadness and anger, all of it. Um, and it also gives me a sense of, of the kinship that I desire. It's an, it's an opening to the gesture of the grief that I can step closer to opening to the gift of who I am in relationship to my soul and the soul of the earth. It's in this healing that I can claim my place in the world and my role in the relationship and service to the earth. You know, I have to come to terms with ha what's happening in our environment, not to take it all on, but to understand my role in it. And in doing that, I can find ways to be in kinship with the land. And the more that I'm in relationship with the land and with myself, I begin to change my behaviors around it. I begin to find my voice. I'm not afraid to go back to that dream and, and run up to those guys and say, no, that's not okay. To grab the other beings, the other baby animals, and find a way to save them, to save myself. Dreams not only can assist us in our own personal development, they can assist us and understanding our relationship to the land and help us if we work the dream to remember and awaken to the kinship that we already have that we just have not been paying attention to. And in doing so, we can find our way through all of the changes that are occurring. And maybe, just maybe, offer one small piece to creating change in a more healing and sustainable way. And so this is my take on one aspect of how the dream can assist us in working with the land and our own soul self around what's happening to the world around us. There are other dreams and other ways that we can talk about how climate change, how environmental trauma, how all of this 
affects us and internally and our, with our relationship with the land. In a, in a further podcast, I'm going to talk about environmental trauma, utilizing a dream that I actually, in a situation that happened to my mother around a hurricane. But for now, um, in terms of like we always leave with a, a particular exercise, I mean, this is a big topic and it can often be difficult to tap into. Pay attention to your dreams. Do you have dreams about the earth, um, about the species? Do you have dreams that present you with these concepts of grief and guilt? Um, do they teach you about what your relationship is to the land? And if you don't, this is a great opportunity to, um, you know, maybe do some work around your relationship to the land and where that pops up in dreams. You know, I would, I would um, pay attention to the landscapes in your dreams, the species that come, and what are your relationships to those species and those, those landscapes and work with that. You know, that could be very positive. I would say, again, as we always say, you know, work with something that's, you know, you know, don't, uh, I would suggest not to work with a landscape that might be a volcano that's exploding and there's a lot of trauma and whatever, but to find landscapes in your dreams and species in your dreams that you can work with to develop a kinship with them. So this is Dreaming Back to the Earth, a podcast that explores that incredible concept of how our dreams and their wisdom can be a path to connecting us on a deeper level to our own wholeness, as well as our understanding of our ecological self. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and I'm really pleased to have been with you today.